TheCoalition.com, the Urban Gamer's Guide. Hey, what's up? This is Gary A. Swaby for Coalition.com, and you're now listening to Turn-Based Episode 3. I'm here with my co-host, David Jagnall, or should I say the Jagnall? What's up? Hey, everybody. David here, a.k.a. the Jaggernaut, as he just said. I'm excited for episode three of our podcast. All right, cool, cool. And we also have another guest host here today. Well, he might be a regular to the show, so please say hello to Mr. AKQ, a.k.a. Asad Quadri. Hi, everyone. Mr. AKQ here, or Asad Quadri, as my real name is. I am the third panelist of this podcast, and I'm happy to be here talking about role-playing games. You know, that's us. We're here to talk about RPGs for the next hour or so. So we're going to start out by explaining what we've been playing. So we'll we'll start with um, our new guy, Asad Quadri. What have you been playing? RPG-wise, I've been playing a game called White Gold War in Paradise. I've also been playing a game called The Precursors. RPG, more RPGs. Um, this isn't exactly a role-playing game, but it has role-playing elements, heavy role-playing elements. A game called X3 Terran Conflict that has heavy role-playing elements in it, and the Evertron Mercenaries are also another um, heavily influenced role-playing game. Okay, anything else? Uh, you mentioned um, you played Dungeon Siege 3, which was released recently. Um... Yeah, I played Dungeon Siege 3. Yeah, there was a lot of hype surrounding it. This is being the third of a very popular franchise, a very popular dungeon-crawling franchise. It's quite... Yeah, it's had quite a a nice history to it. It is... It is a fun game to play, the the first two Dungeon Siege games. Okay, so what was your main thoughts on this one? Because I remember um, going to Square Enix's studio to preview this game. And back then, it looked, you know, kind of interesting. Um, I liked the interaction, you know, you have between the characters and the, the drop-in, drop-out co-op style. So I did. I, okay, what, what was your main issues with it? Um, well, to begin with playing the game, initially playing the game, you're playing through it. It's... N- okay, graphically-wise, visually, it's absolutely beautiful. It looks really stunning i mean the graphics are great and the sound the music is just absolutely added to a fantasy atmosphere which surrounding it but gameplay wise gameplay wise it can be fun if you enjoy hacking things but really that's it it's fun to it's a little fun to play and that doesn't do it for me it can be tedious going from here to there just hacking things attacking things here and attacking things there Okay, attack, point to A, point A, attack, move on, point B, attack, move on, point C, repeat, repeat, repeat. But the main gripe that I have with this game that really kills it for me are the characters. They are so boring. They have the personalities of ping pong balls. I mean, <laughs> really, it's like, it's like, I think you get more of an emotional response talking to a brick wall. Really, it's not fun to talk to the people that are in the game. No, you're not, it's not fun to talk to the NPCs. And all they tell you is, I am the knight from the Dust Legion. Something has gone horribly wrong. You are our only hope. They, all they do is tell you things that are wrong. So, you, so, you, so basically, like, the game lacks any type of emotion? Is that it's what not you're the, saying? It's not, the, it's not the game. It's, 
yourself per se that lacks emotions you can show the emotions the emotion conveys itself through its graphics because it's bright it's colorful and it's supposed to be inviting you to this vibrant and and beautiful fantasy world uh-huh. but really what's in there it's despite its uh, visual appeal when you get in there it's pretty dull like so, I said. so basically you're having trouble you know with the immersion of the game but like exactly. as far as the actual mechanics like the actual combat and all that do, do they work okay they work okay yeah for the kind of game it is it is okay. after it is a dungeon crawler after all it, it, it you all you have to do is click click and it you will attack and what you see on screen is actually pretty impressive you the 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 spells and the attacks that you view is really nice to watch big vibrant colors and the sound effects are really great leveling up i've seen better the skill tree isn't that big i think last time i saw it was about three tiers of magic i could be wrong on this it's not a very big tree you go from a couple of levels and then you select some attributes to go with your skills it could have been a bit deeper, like in, say, Sacred 2 or Titan's Quest. Titan Quest. But what you, ha- what you see is what you get, and uh, it works well for the kind of game it is. But it, 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 you can't get immersed into it, because like I said, the characters are really, really boring. They're boring to listen to. They're boring to see. I mean, they, okay, they look nice. They've been designed nicely. But when you hear their voice, it really doesn't matter. All they do is tell you things that are wrong and things that you have to do. That's it. Okay, like, give an example of things that are wrong. What, with, what, with the game uh, space, or...? You said um that they tell you things that are wrong. Oh. Like, what exactly do you mean? Well, the main story, you're last of the legion, of, the, of a legion that kept peace in this land. And this wicked queen has kind of wiped all you out all of your men out uh-huh. as she speaks she's uh, built up this kingdom and she's outlawed everyone in the legion and they tell you that you are the only one that can save the legion you are the only one that can take this queen down and that's all they tell you they don't they they don't show emotion about it they don't they don't okay. have a personality about it they don't have their own personality when they're telling you about this even when you're going to places that are not part of um, the main story, they tell you things that are wrong. Like, our village is being attacked. Help us. Someone okay. stolen sheep. Help us. All right, well, um, I'm, I'm going to, like, I'll probably try a demo of it out sooner or later just to see, like, how it plays. But, you know, from what, uh, what you're gonna... telling you, from what you're telling me, you know, it doesn't seem very immersive, so. Well, yeah, I'm maybe gonna... wait till it goes on sale or something. Right. I'm only speaking for my own self. I can't really um, speak for everybody, so it might be a different opinion for it. Someone else has played it. Yeah, true. Anything else you've been playing? White Gold War in Paradise. That's a great RPG. It's RPG open world, first-person shooting, role-playing. It's it's a rough diamond, as I like to call it. And it's very overlooked, considering that it was developed from a developer in another country. Deep Shadows from Russia. I, I, initially, I thought it was going to be a, a Far Cry ripoff. <laughs> it looked exactly like Far Cry. When I got into it, it was just 
it's fun. It's fun to play. It's fun to talk to people. It's fun to jack cars. It's fun to shoot. It's fun to level up. And the level up, you can tell, it's heavily influenced by... Was this the game you were playing on when I came over that time? Yeah, 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 it's the exact same game. Yeah, that that looks good. It is. You can check it out sometime. It's, uh, it's one of those overlooked games. It's not on, um, it's not on Steam, right? No, no, it's not. Okay. It's on Gamersgate. You might, you'll find it there. Okay. Another game from the same company, The Precursors. Uh-huh. That game is, it's the same sort of game as White Gold. It's first person shooting. It's, um, role playing. It's even Space Simulator. You can even fly into space and then explore the galaxy. Yeah, the, this is the one you were telling me that you can pretty much do anything you want in the whole galaxy, right? Yeah, that does seem like... That does seem real appealing. Yeah, that seems really awesome. Mm. And it's from a small team with no money. Well, almost... It's from a small indie team with little money. It's amazing to see what they've done. The thing is, it's not perfect. I mean, I've played games that offer the same amount of freedom, like... um. X3 Terran Conflict and Evershaw Mercenaries. But they have um, ambition. The company has ambition. And that's what's rewarding for me. You can see their ambitious their ambitious ideals in their products. They're not perfect products by all means. And I'm pretty sure that they're not going to be mainstream anytime soon. But what they've achieved is more than enough for me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the case with most, um, you know, small independent companies, you know, game developers and stuff. I mean, the games won't be perfect, but for what it is, you know, you can just see their talent in the game, and that's enough, mm-hmm. really. It It's yeah. really interesting that uh, you bring that up, because that's a lot of what Mountain Blade is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which we will be talking about later on today. So, uh, moving on to David, what have you been playing recently? I've uh, mostly been trying out MMOs, a lot of free-to-play ones and some trials. I started playing EverQuest 2 Extended again. That's probably my favorite, you know, traditional fantasy MMO. I like that one a lot. Um, I played Lord of the Rings Online a little bit. That one's really good. It has really good story and everything. It's very immersive because I've always been interested in that, uh, like, Tolkien universe. Um I played, been playing some APB Reloaded. It's, uh, the game has potential. It seems really fun. It's just, uh, everyone I've talked to and me included have had horrendous lag when playing that game. Whenever I run around and I'm shooting and I'm, you know, just roaming, it's, it's pretty fine. But as soon as I get inside of a vehicle, the game just slows down. And every time I push a button to turn or accelerate or decelerate, there's like a two or three second delay before the action actually happens. Yeah, Uh-oh. and see that that kind it, of um that kind of makes me not want to try the game out because um I remember in Grand Theft Auto 4 as well. This isn't an MMO, but when you played it online, when you was actually driving in the car, you know, whenever you turn or something, it would lag kind of. So it kind of reminds me of that scenario. Yeah, in a game where you know probably. 60 or at least 50% of the game is based around driving. Yeah. You you really can't have that. And uh but I mean besides that it has a lot of potential. There's tons of customization. There's the it has some really cool features like whenever you're playing if you're a criminal, you can commit random crimes like robbing somebody or stealing stuff from a building and if a player that is a cop sees you, they get assigned to have to apprehend you. 
before like you, fun. yeah, before you complete the crime. So like I, I uh, stole a TV, and a cop saw me. He killed me and took the TV. But then I respawned and chased him down, got the TV back, and turned it in in time. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, so yeah. It, was, it was pretty fun, except for the driving. And okay. uh, I also downloaded the Trial of Fallen Earth. It's a MMO that's like a post-apocalyptic setting, very similar to, you know, a lot of people, are, of course, are going to compare it to, like, a Fallout MMO. Stalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I like it a lot. Fallen Earth, it's really cool. It's... Very unique. It feels old school in a way and sort of how complex it is. And there's not really, you know, there's not a a huge tutorial that teaches you every single thing of the game. You're kind of just thrown into the world to survive on your own. And it really gets you immersed into the the setting. And I really like it a lot. It's, uh, we'll be talking about that more later. But yeah, so what have you been playing, Gary? Well, David got me into Champions Online, so I've been, you know, having fun making little superheroes and stuff. Um, I made one called the Swift Man, and me and Jack played for a little while on that. Uh, I also made a, a new character yesterday called the Sickle, which is kind of based on, you know, me having the sickle cell and stuff. And I really like that game because you can, you know, you can write a little backstory for your character as well and make him more relevant. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a cool game to play, especially because it's free to play. So you don't have to pay anything to get in there and make your character and, you know, play some of the missions and stuff, which is pretty cool. And um, I've also been playing Elder Scrolls Oblivion, of course, mm. you know, because I, I really want to complete that again before Skyrim comes out. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. You can't really complete that, really. <laughs> yeah, it's incompletable. <laughs> That's yeah. very true. Also, well, I was supposed to play White Knight Chronicles 2 because I have a review copy, but, um, you know, I, I, I was determined to get a platinum trophy on that game, and I, and I got it yesterday, so now, now I can move on with my life and play White Knight <laughs> Chronicles. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing over the past two weeks. Um, we're going to move on to our news now. Firstly, speaking of Elder Scrolls, the collector's edition of the game was announced and it will come with a special collector's edition map. So would you like to elaborate on that, David, since you wrote the story? Yeah, I I need to update the story a little bit because I found some new news about that map. It's not going to be a regular paper map. It's actually going to be like a thick material, kind of like burlap, and it's going to be a lot larger. And so it's going to be like a real map that's actually pretty cool and uh yeah uh hopefully there's uh more pre-order bonuses i'm hoping and i hope to hear some about the collector's editions pretty soon Mm because i'm pretty excited to learn about those yeah i think i definitely want to get the collector's edition this time around you know just because i'm such a big fan of the, the franchise now so i think it's only right that i buy the collector's edition yeah, exactly. They well, hope they offer more than the map. Yeah, yeah. I hope so, because, you know, I mean... Maybe, the, like a, maybe like a little dragon statue or something, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, although the map does sound, you know, like a pretty cool item, um, I think that there should be a lot more in there, because there's a lot more they could do, to be honest, you know. Because Elder Scrolls is such an expansive um, universe. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot they could tell us. There's a lot they could tell us about the history of... Lands like Tamriel, the founding of the Empire, maybe other lands like, what's the place called, Akavir? 
their rivals. It's like a Oriental world, a not a world country. Yeah, yeah. I think oh. it would be really cool if one of the collector's editions came with, you know, some type of storybook that was like a collection of some of the in-game books or something. Yeah, I, I was yeah. going to say that I, I, I would, I'd like it to come with a book because I know there are Elder Scrolls books that you can buy, so it would be cool if it like came with something like that. But yeah, your idea about them having some of the in-game books in, in a real book, that would be cool. Yeah. I want to hear yeah. stories about the aliens. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay, so um, there was some other Skyrim-related news, right? Oh, yeah. Um, recently, there's been some rumors going around about, uh, you know, maybe there's a possibility they might try to bring some modding capabilities to the consoles. Uh, what I've heard pretty much is that Howard's very interested in it, and maybe there's there might be a chance that you might be able to download some of the, like, highest-rated user-made mods or something down to your console. Because I know that... Uh, it's probably possible, because I know for Unreal Tournament 3, there were some mod capabilities for console. You could download stuff that was made on the PC. And so it would be pretty cool if something like this happened. I think, from what I've read, Sony's been pretty open to it, but Microsoft hasn't really been as open to the to the concept. So, I mean, there's still like half a year, almost. So there's time. It'd be mm. cool if it... It'd be awesome if it happened. I mean, you know console yeah. players miss out on like over half of the experience yeah that would be cool like because um i was actually contemplating getting the um the console version i knew i should get the pc version but the thing is you know i, I like the first time i play it, i don't want any performance issues to get in the way and because exactly I'm, yeah because i'm playing on, I, on a laptop you know um, i doubt it would be I'm, that intensive honestly doubt it would be that intensive crap yeah, it, 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 it won't. My laptop can run it, but it's just the fact that um, sometimes my laptop overheats. So. Consoles run on older hardware. Consoles are like, oh, years behind some laptops that exist now. I think you'll be all right. I don't think you'll need to upgrade. It's just, it's just the fact that, you know, my laptop overheats and stuff, and I don't like that. I'd, I'd rather get, like, a desktop computer, and I'm, I do plan on building one. And once I build that, I'll be playing, like, everything on PC, so... I'm just waiting for that to happen. Yeah. But but I think, you know, first I'll get it on, on console and then, you know, later I'll buy the PC version. So, yeah, but that, that does seem good. And uh, one thing I want to say as well is, um, like, it used to be that Microsoft Xbox Live was a lot more open than PSN. But, you know, nowadays it's like Xbox Live, they don't, you know, they don't want to open up their system to, to these kind of, you know, additions such as modding. It's whereas, Microsoft, what do you expect? Yeah, whereas, you know, PS3 does. But hey, look what happened to PSN, right? So I guess that's why. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, so, um, was there some information about DLC you want to talk about? Yeah, something I read was that Howard has said that they're going to try to make their DLC approach to Skyrim a bit different than they've done with, uh, in the past with, like, New Vegas. And um, he said that they're going to try to make probably slightly fewer releases, but they're going to be much more substantial, more like big expansions instead of, you know, kind of episodic type stuff. Okay, that sounds good. So, um, yeah, that, that's one thing uh, I had an issue with in other games where, you know, they give you like minor DLC, like, okay, here's some new costumes and some new weapons <laughs> as yep, opposed yeah. to as opposed to giving us, like, a whole new, you know, campaign or something. 
And you yeah, know, it's kind of like what they uh, what they did with Morrowind. They just had like two giant expansions that they gave mm. for that game. So it might be something similar to that again. I hope so. Okay, so um, moving on, Dragon Age Two DLC will be revealed at Comic Con, um, which is next month, I believe. I think. Yeah, I think so. Like the middle of next month or something. Yeah, so you know they'll be re- revealing the new DLC, but there's there's already been some leaked details about that. Basically, Xbox um, Achievements dot com, I think that's the site. Yeah, Xbox Three Sixty Achievements. Um, they have leaked the actual achievements for the DLC. So um, if you go there right now, you can read up on the, the five achievements that will be available for the game for the, for the new DLC pack. So you know. We, we know, we, by now we know that it's going to be a big expansion, kind of like Awakening. So hopefully it will be, you know, even longer than Awakening because they have a lot to make up for with Dragon Age 2. Um, especially because mm-hmm. they haven't released a tool set yet so we can get some decent mods. And, you know, a lot of people didn't like the game anyway. So, I mean, Mr. AKQ, um, I know you, you, don't really like the idea of playing Dragon Age 2, but would this be something that, you know, would get you to play it? I did, I did admit on the review of, on the website, I did admit that I liked a little bit of it. It is a good, once you take it for what it is, it is a hack and slash at the end of the day. But when you compare it to Dragon Age, yeah, and the, yeah, you see that they're two completely kind of game, different kind of games, and they shouldn't really be, share the same title. And that's what kind of, Yeah, I mean, the story is the, the really the only thing that ties the two games together, really. Not, not so and and, and not, not even like that, it's just the characters, I think. Like, it's not even mainly the story. But, yeah, I see the what you're DLC, what does it entail, actually? Is there going to be... There's not going to be any um, new quests, are there? Yeah, it's, it's going to be... Um, you know, you know uh, Dragon Age Awakening for Origins? It's going to be something like that, I assume, because if they have five new achievements for it, then pretty much it's going to be something bigger than some new items. So we're going to get some new quests and stuff, definitely. So. Oh, okay. But uh, you still can't deny that this is a very dumbed-down game from the first Dragon Age. Yeah, it is. Yeah, as a Dragon Age fan, I admit that too. But David, what do you think? Like, Is this interesting you in any way? Because you have yet to play Dragon Age 2, I believe. Uh, I mean, not really. If I ever play it, I'll probably just play the game itself. I don't really expect to get the DLC at any point. Okay. Well, I mean, one thing they definitely need to do is give us that tool set. They need to just suck up and release that tool set. So yeah, I can't, I can't believe it. they released the Origins tool set before the game came out, didn't they? Yeah, I know they released it like real early, so I guess it was yeah. before it came out. Yeah, because I know people like got started on some stuff before the game was even out. Mm. I, I don't know why they wouldn't do it this time. Um, I, I think it must be the EA influence. I don't know. Did yeah, you, maybe. You had something to say about Bioware, right, Asa? Um, <laughs> <laughs> where do I start? After coming up from games like Baldur's Gate, Jade Empire, Knights of the Old Republic, and even Mass Effect 1 and Dragon Age... What's going on with them? I'm I'm not denying that they're still good developers. They they lost to me. They've lost their title of being number one. They've lost their title of being on the upper tier of development. Honestly, mm. what, what you 
dumbed down Dragon Age 2, by the way. Why did you do that? You turned it into a hack and slash when Dragon Age Origins was this ex- wonderful, expansive, tactical role-playing game where old-school role-playing should be. What did you um, think of Mass Effect 2? Because a lot of people, you know, didn't like some of the changes they made in that also. I refuse to call that a role-playing game. <laughs> it's a third-person shooter. It's on the same vein of Ghost Recon. It's Ghost Recon in space. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I, I would I would call it a shooter RPG. Like, I wouldn't, you know, just call Action it... Action RPG. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it still has RPG elements, but yeah, they, they yeah. really did turn it into a shooter. Yeah, the first game, the first Mass Effect, yeah, that was an RPG too, but it introduced... It was worked as an RPG because it introduced people to this wonderful, beautiful universe. The and gameplay was very RPG because they had puzzles in there and, you know, stuff. Yeah. Um, I saw Mass Effect. Games, my idea of games based in space, games like Evertron Mercenaries and um, X3 Terran Conflict, the, the world is limited by your imagination. And yeah. You can argue that Mass Effect doesn't really do that because it introduces you to a universe and a story and such, so you can't really use your imagination. But you can imagine that you're part of the world. You imagine that you are part of what Bioware has given you. And you're looking at these wonderful, unique characters like the Hanar and the Krogan and the Turians. You're interacting with them. You're experiencing something that you've never experienced before. And then Mass Effect 2 comes along and... It's all about being a badass. It's all about doing missions. It's all about going from here to there to doing missions. It's all about talking to people on your ship to do missions. It's all about talking to people on your ship to talk to people on your world to do missions. It's all about talking to people on your ship. You're talking to people in the world. You're talking to people in the in the bar to do missions. Okay, you're, you're going in right now, man. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I know what you're saying, though. They... Like Bioware do have the tendency to change a lot of the elements that make that made the first game great, and you know it's, it's the same case with both Mass Effect and Dragon Age. But with Dragon Age, it was on a more you know it was a more expanded way than than they did with Mass Effect. But um, you know, speaking of imagination though, um, you know David has a lot of MMOs to talk about, um, and you know a lot of free to play. MMOs at that, so a lot of us can get into these games free of charge. So, David, take over. All right. Um, there's a ton. There's probably hundreds of free-to-play MMOs that are out already. A lot of popular ones are like Runes of Magic. That's like a WoW clone, basically. A lot of people compare it to WoW. There's uh, another one of the bigger ones is... Uh, repels, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's kind of like a fantasy one. There's, you know, there's MMO shooters. There's MMO strategy games out. There's ton of MMORPGs, and it's a pretty big trend. A lot of games are converting now. Like I was saying earlier, uh, EverQuest 2 Extended, that is a free-to-play option. Lord of the Rings Online is uh, free has free-to-play options. Um, Fallen Earth, uh, I talked about that earlier. It's uh, actually transitioning to free-to-play as well. The same people that publish APB are going to take over for Fallen Earth. And, uh, oh, really? That's, yeah, it's the uh, oh, same publisher, Gamers First, which is a good sign. They've done quite a few uh, MMORPGs and other MMOs before, so 
I take that as a good sign. They're experienced. Just they're keeping all the same development team, so the game itself is going to be in the same hands. The gamers first is just going to be handling like the the payment structure, the like probably migrating servers, that kind of stuff. I definitely want to try it for them. Uh, so I'll, I'll be happy when it goes free to play. Yeah, I've been playing the trial and it's fantastic. It's really, really good and very fun. Because oh, another thing about it, a lot of people might not know, it's uh, it's actually in that the combat is action oriented. Like it's you aim and you click to shoot every bullet. You swing every melee strike with the mouse. You don't you know select your target, hit one, wait, hit two, wait, rinse and repeat. You actually, you know, every fight is dynamic, so it's really fun. There's a huge emphasis on crafting. Everything in the game is craftable. You can, you know, go scavenging in a junkyard to get all the bits and pieces you need to make a new gun or, you know, get some leather and some straps together and make a new shirt or something. It's a, it's, yeah, this, it's a really good game. This is, like, everything I love in Fallout and an MMO, so I definitely have to try this. I hate to compare yeah, it to Fallout because I'm sure this game, you know, is that that's kind of a burden for this game to be compared to Fallout all the time. But yeah, you know. uh, yeah, but I mean, it's it, it makes sense. It's a there's similar styles of games. Um, another thing about this one I like a lot is everyone. Every, the game has a pretty small community. It's not you know massive like WoW or anything, but everyone in the game is very helpful and nice. There's a help channel that you can just ask any question, and the GMs and other veterans are, you know, they respond to you within, you know, five to ten seconds. They, everyone wants to help out. I had people private message me and just offer to, you know, mentor me and just walk me through all the things that I was, I was confused about. Yeah, that, that's and, a good thing because uh, community makes up, you know, a lot of MMOs. So it's yeah, yeah, a, it's, a good community without, is a plus. Without a good community, they turn into just single-player games where you happen to see other people. And um, I was going to say one other thing. Oh, the other free-to-play news, uh, Lego Universe is going to get a free-to-play update. I think that's happening in August. I posted an article on this site about it. It's, uh, it's going to be pretty limited. There's only a few areas you can go to, and you're going to get uh, an area where you can build and create stuff. I'll probably try it out just because, you know, that idea intrigues me. I was obsessed with Legos when I was little. So yeah. I think it would be kind of cool to try out. Uh, uh, I'd, I'd, like to just, I'd like to just go in there just so, you know, smash up stuff. <laughs> that's, that's if they yeah. allow you to do it. Yeah, but, I think so. Yeah. There's actually some Lego-style M- Lego MMOs out already. Not really many people know about them. They're kind of... You know, they're either old or they're just kind of really archaic and poorly made. There's one called Roblox. It's like a free-to-play MMO where you can build stuff. There's one called uh, Blockland. Even the website I went to, it because whenever I heard about it, it says it's like playing with Legos online. It's uh, like a little indie game. So there's games out out there like it are free. So I think it'll be cool to see what happens to Lego once it goes free. So and, like, uh, is this is this game is this MMO like anything like the Lego games such as Lego Star Wars and Lego Harry Potter? Like, as far as the gameplay, is it anything like that? Uh, I don't know enough about it to really say. I've seen some videos. I know, like, whenever you fight people, if you kill them, they drop blocks that you can, 
use like for currency or different blocks you can build with. Uh, the graphic style seems to be almost identical. Um, as far as gameplay, I don't know if it's like traditional MMOs, you know, where you click and then you have attacks that you push the buttons for, or mm-hmm. if it's more action-oriented, I'm not sure. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it, it looks like a pretty decent game. It's not just for kids. I would assume it would be pretty fun to pretty fun to play. A lot of you know, creativity, you know, you can build stuff and everything. Okay. All right, uh, next is uh, City of Heroes, that game getting a free-to-play update. Just heard about this a few days ago. It's uh, following in the footsteps of Champions, I assume. Uh, that game's been around a lot longer than Champion, though. And uh, it has, like, a the City of Heroes, and then also has the City of Villains. They're kind of combined together now, where, you know, you can make a good guy or a bad guy. There's PvP. You can battle against villains or heroes. There's supposed to be a lot of customization, just like Champions. It's, uh... It's supposed to be a really good MMO. I never had a chance to play it, but I'll definitely check it out once it goes free. Yeah, I wonder if this game is better than Champions. I mean, um, by looking at the pictures, it definitely looks a lot better, like, as far as graphics. But looks like the true true fantasy, a true um, way to live out your horror, your superhero fantasy. Yeah, yeah it seems to be a lot more, uh, less action-oriented and just more, like, more about role playing and more immersive, a much more established community. Because, like in Champions, even playing trial with me and your friend, I'm sure you could. It feels like you're just playing an action game. You just see other people running around too. But yeah, I've played Champions to level I think 15 or so. There's people don't really group very often in that game. There's not really a desire to group up with other people and. But in City of Heroes, there's, like, super groups and everything, and, like, people form alliances together and battle against, like, groups of villains, and it's, like, more... It's supposed to be a lot more rewarding if you get into it, is what I've heard. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, well, just by playing Champions, I can kind of tell it's, it's that kind of game where you, you make your character, you know, you make your superhero, and then you just jump in and do your own thing, or, you know, invite your friends on and team up together, but there wasn't too much community in the game as far as people meeting each other and, you know, helping each other play and stuff like that. So, maybe we'll yeah, see... exactly. Maybe we'll see if heroes that will be like that. And, uh, one last bit of play news that I have today is Hellgate is getting an update. Uh, Hellgate London came out in, I want to say, 07, I believe. And it was... It has a single-player campaign where you can play offline it's like a action rpg it could be a third person or first person mm. and uh I, I really like the game i think it's really fun so do i i know nothing yeah, I, about I, this i love it it's uh made by some of the same guys that did diablo so every map every room every area you go to is randomly generated each time so a massive hack and slash game all the way throughout the city of london yeah, it's yeah, it's hack and slash. You fight demons from hell. It's uh, pretty much the whole game. There's there's a lot of different classes. There's like uh, there's two different melee classes, two different uh, ranged gun classes, two different uh, you know like magic type classes. Uh, there's a lot of skills to choose from. You know, a lot of loot that you can just you know mix and match, pick up different armor and weapons all the time. I actually was playing this yesterday. I felt the urge to play it for some reason. 
And I figured out a new feature that I did not even know about. Whenever you play the game, every time you log in, there's three symbols that pop up at the bottom of the screen. Uh-huh. And the symbols will be like a fist or it could be a gun or a toxic symbol or something. And each one of those symbols relates to an action. Mm-hmm. So like the gun symbol would be like pick up a, ra- a ranged weapon. And then like the fist would be like get a melee kill or like kill a person with this weapon. And each symbol has a number in it. If you complete the number of actions in each symbol and you do all three of them, a bunch of really rare weapons just drop from the sky right there. So there's like a mini game inside the game itself that rewards you for trying to complete this task while you play. Oh, that's so I think that's really Yeah, I think that's awesome. Good. I'll have to give this one a try because you two making it sound sound like something I definitely need to play. So Yeah, I picked up the original at a like Goodwill a year or two ago for like two or three dollars and I it's awesome. And, oh yeah, more specifically, Hellgate Global, it's going to be the multiplayer aspect of the game is getting a revamp, and it's releasing as free-to-play. The open beta starts the 30th of this month, so next week. Okay, cool. And um, keeping on the topic of MMOs, um, we have Star Wars Galaxies to speak on, which is unfortunately shutting down later this year. So, David, what's up with that? Uh, I haven't read a lot about it, but I assume it has... A lot to do with the Old Republic coming out. Yeah. Um, I know the, uh, Galaxies is developed by Sony Online Entertainment, the same people that are behind uh, EverQuest, uh, Vanguard, and a bunch of other MMOs. And um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I know this game has had a lot of ups and downs and controversy over the years. Mm-hmm. It came out in 2003, and then in 2005, there's a massive patch called the New Game Enhancement that changed pretty much every single aspect of the game. Like, before the patch came out, it was very sandbox-oriented. Uh, you had, like, freeform class development where you, you know, a major character, and you could play any role you wanted. Like, there were people in the game that would just perform in cantinas. There were people that would just repair stuff for players. There were people that would build different buildings. There was, you know, people that would be pilots. There was... It was just really, really role-playing-oriented, and a lot of people loved for what it was and then the patch came out and made it quest centered and you had to pick a certain class and it was very streamlined they tried to copy wow pretty much and uh it pretty much changed everything about the game there wasn't a single feature that stayed the same and it became a totally different game and it's never been the same since so a lot of people have been really upset about it i never played it myself but yeah um it seems unfortunate that something like that would happen. I actually read an article about the CEO of Sony, I think is who it was, or the person behind the MMO development or something said that uh, Star Wars Galaxies before the patch was like the Uncle Ben experience. They wanted to make it more like the Luke Skywalker experience. And whenever people heard him say that, I guess he was trying to cheer them up, but people were really mad about it because a lot of people, you know, they wanted to play Uncle Ben. And yeah. they didn't think it was they didn't think it was his place to tell them what kind of character they could play. Yeah, I, mean, you know, I can see why I can see why people were mad though, because that from the way it was before the patch, that seemed you know more of what you want from a Star Wars MMO. Like, I mean, you you don't want to be a Jedi right off the bat. But, you know, as soon as you get in the game, you want to work your way towards that because that's like an amazing accomplishment. 
Yeah, I, whenever people – I remember when the first Jedi ever happened in that game. There was a big article about it in Game Informer, and it was like a big deal because it took a lot of commitment to become a Jedi. And, you know, you you become like one of the most powerful people in the game, and that's how it should be. And then after the patch, there was an entire class where you could just start out as a Jedi at the beginning. And, you know, that just stuff like that just ruined the game for people. Mm. So I mean, um, the fact that this game is shutting down, do you, like this year, do you think that this could be Old Republic coming out, like the release date? Because they haven't actually um, revealed a release date yet. It's, it's expected to come out this year, though, right? I have no idea, to be honest. <laughs> Galaxies is supposed to shut down in, on the fifteenth of December, is what I read. So, okay. yeah, I'm guessing it's sort of related. I'm surprised that they're not just doing some type of conversion to free to play, because that's what they did with EverQuest too. So yeah, in the City they, of Heroes, I think that's Sony also. They they should do that, but I guess you know because of Old Republic and everything, they just you know figure there's no point. Yeah, I don't know. I think it would make more sense to do free to play because Old Republic's going to be subscription based. Then people are going to be like, oh, well, there's a Star Wars MO that's not subscription based. I think I'll just go play that one. Maybe that's why it's shutting down though, because maybe you know, um, maybe Bioware, you know, wanted it that way or something. I mean, how how close is LucasArts working with Bioware for one? Uh, I don't I don't really know. I think LucasArts and EA are publishing both of them, so maybe that's. The thing. Maybe the publishers have decided they don't they yeah, don't want maybe. to support Galaxies anymore. Maybe it's yeah, maybe it's LucasArts then saying, Okay, we we want to shut this one down because we have this one coming up. Yeah, yeah, that that, that makes sense. Okay, well moving on. There was some news about Final Fantasy seven and eight already being uploaded to Steam for months. You know, without anyone even knowing a thing about it. But the thing is, you know, they haven't released it so people could buy it yet. Because there, apparently there's a problem where the game doesn't run as well on Windows 7. Um, the game kind of crashes and stuff. And, you know, they, ha- they haven't been able to fix that issue. Um, the game is actually a port of the games that, you know, were on the PC before, back in the day. Oh, so. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, the, it would be very cool if, if if I could play these games through Steam because I still haven't completed seven yet, and uh, like I've always made it my goal to play it again one day and finish that game. And you know, I still need to play eight. I actually have eight somewhere, but I haven't played it yet. I gave it you that so copy. good. Hmm. What was you saying, um, Asad? I gave you the copy. Um, was that you that gave me the copy? Yeah, that was me. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> You, the game helped. is so good. You mm. contributed to my my collection. Eight is a fantastic game, Final Fantasy Eight. Would you say um eight is the best? No, 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 not not to me, not for what, me exactly. What about you, Dave? No, it's not my favorite Final Fantasy. What's your favorite? My favorite's ten, Mine's but 12. I I haven't really played any of the older ones very much. I haven't played most of them, and I haven't played twelve yet either. I haven't even I haven't played nine. Wait, did you say twelve? I said. I said 12, yeah. Oh, yeah, I definitely got to respect that because a lot of people sleep on Final Fantasy 12. That was a really good game. And I liked the, you know, the mature storyline as well, you know, with the politics and stuff. So that was a really good game. But as far as my favorite, um, I really like 7. You know, I, I got kind of like halfway in 7. But I think I, I have to say 10 as far as my favorite because that was the one that really, you know, got me into... Final Fantasy to the point I wanted to play all of them. So 
I just have yeah. to go with ten. Would you but, say would you say that people were more attracted to Final Fantasy VII because of the um, the setting and the um, and the scenario rather than the gameplay? I mean, the characters are more memorable than the actual gameplay was. Yeah, I, I think it's the characters that draw people. You know. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, and you know, I, I think it's just that you know vintage feel of the game as well. Like, because I know for a lot of people when they played it back in the day, and then you know, um, that certain character died. I don't want to spoil it for people, but that certain character died. A lot, a lot of people was emotionally attached, you know, to that game. So. I think that's why a lot of people say seven, and and then of course you know they they've made all the sequels for seven and the movies and stuff. So, but they haven't rebooted it. Yeah, they, they haven't. haven't. They haven't did a remake, like everyone's been wanting since the PS2. I, I think they'll do that someday because I mean Square Enix they're kind of falling off right now. They don't know what they're doing. So I think it, I think that's the one card they have left to play. You know, as far as Final Fantasy. So. We'll see what happens. But yeah, it would be nice to play these games on Steam, so I hope that they um they manage to fix the issues, iron out the kinks. Nice enhanced H D graphics. Yeah. I don't think they'll upgrade the graphics or anything if they bring it to Steam, but it it would still just be good to play them, I guess. But yeah, that that was our news for this week. So, you know, we're gonna move right on ahead to our spotlight segment in which we showcase a game one game every you know, every episode, kind of talk about how great it is and, you know, some of its faults as well because, you know, we we, we got to balance things, we got to be fair. So the game we want to talk about this week is called Mount and Blade. Now, I was introduced to this game um by these two fellas. I was re- really impressed with the game when I played it, you know. I, I like that it has a kind of RTS feel to it as well and kind of oblivion, a- oblivion-ish feel. Um, the version I have is Warband, and you know I really like the game. I need to play it some more, but I'm gonna hand over to these two guys to talk a little bit about Mountain Blade series because I haven't played you know the previous editions of the game. So, um, which one of you guys wants to speak up first? Yeah, I'll go first. If okay. they don't mind. Yeah, that's fine. All right, Mountain Blade is an expansive um, role-playing, real-time strategy game and action. Action adventure as well. You're give you're set in the land of Caldaria, and that's it. You're pretty much free to do whatever you like. The you're limited only by your imagination, really. Um, there's a bunch of factions that are work that are at war with each other. There, um, you can work for either factions as a mercenary. In Mount, in the first Mountain Blade, you become attached to the army of either faction, or you can just hire yourself out as a mercenary. You can... Oh, yes. It's said in the land of Caldaria. Caldaria is the, the universe that Mountain Blade is set in. Caldaria is at war with each other. You can hire yourself out as a mercenary, like I said. You can become part of an army of an existing faction. You can start your own army by hiring people from villages. Mercenaries. Really... You can trade, you can become a bandit, you can become a heroic band of brigands. Like I said, an attachment of another army. You're really limited by your imagination. This is what's so great about these Mountain Blade games, because they just let you be. That's what I can, That's what it is in a nutshell, they let you be. Warband above Mountain Blade. 
that's a Warband was a big improvement of a Mountain Blade because it kind of um, built up on things that you couldn't do in the first Mountain Blade. You can start your own faction this time. You can work towards establishing your kingdom within Caldaria. And you can even plan to take over Caldaria and become emperor. That's probably the big, that's probably the number one prize of Mountain Blade Warband. Do you, you have to, like, invest a lot of time to get to that point? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, like, from, from where I was in the game, I was kind of grinding. Like, I, I was, um, I was basically, um, you know, buying items in one town and then selling them to the next just to get my money up so I could buy better equipment and buy more people. So, and that seemed to be taking a lot of time, so. Yeah, being, trying to be emperor is a bit of a, a drawn out job. You will get, yeah, the place is so expansive that you can, you'll be able to just kind of strategically start from where you'll kind of decide to slowly take over, take over with your faction and um, then expanding it across the rest of the universe. Oh, not the universe, sorry. The land. <laughs> I'm thinking it's like a space. <laughs> Too many space games. But yeah, kind of strategically planning since the place is really big. Pick out wherever the best. Maybe perhaps start with the weakest faction. Plan a slow takeover. Establish your faction. And then work your way to becoming emperor. It will take a lot of time, but that's the number one prize of Mountain Blade Warband. Yeah, you, you must get a lot of satisfaction out of, you know, what, once you accomplish these things, you know, and this is the type of game that really gives you that sense of satisfaction. The, mm-hmm. the type of satisfaction that makes you want to call up your mom and go, yes, mom, I'm, I, I became emperor in Warband. <laughs> I told you to just get a job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but I have one, it's being emperor. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, um, what do you think of the game as a whole? I agree pretty much 100%. Um, most of my time has been spent with the original. I have probably put in uh, at least 200 hours into the first game, just trying all the different mods, trying all the different strategies, all the different uh, factions. and that, That's another thing. The One of the biggest appeals of this game for me is all the mods. There are just so many because mm. the game is such a sandbox game that people literally convert it to a different universe or convert it to even a completely different game. You know, there's mods that add uh, a big storyline to it, so it's more linear. There's game, there's mods that convert it to, like, a Star Wars Mountain Blade. There's mods that turn it into a modern one where you run around a city with shovels and you fight other hobos. <laughs> there's... There, there's fantasy mods where people add other races. There's other different types of mounts like warhogs and stuff. There's there's any type of mod that you can imagine they have for this game, and wow. that just really makes it infinite for me. And then it's even better with Warband. I just haven't had the time to play it quite as much, but because Warband adds the multiplayer, where you know you can get online and fight against other people, and that's really cool. There's a mod icon for that that because uh, the way Warband works is every match is sort of independent uh, you don't carry over a character but yeah. I found a mod that allows you to carry a character over through matches so you build them up and build up your money you start out as a peasant you work up and get better armor get you know you level up your skills and everything 
And so that mod's really cool because it, you know, adds some of the single-player features to the multiplayer that we're missing. Cool. And, um, uh, what's the new one that recently came out? With Fire and Sword. Oh, yeah. yeah. How was that? And and what like what new features did it add to the to the franchise? They've kind of gone in a different direction with uh, with Fire and Sword. Originally, Mountain Blade had this had a fantastic combat system. The melee combat system is just so intuitive. It's all about timing. It's all about precision. And it's a good thing they kept that with um, the new Mountain Blade with Fire and Sword. And um, um, what they added, they added an interesting thing. They added guns because it was set in a more historical, more modern, well, not, not okay, not modern, more advanced timeline. It's... Um, based in a more historically accurate timeline, so you get more realistic factions like the Polish and I think the Swiss, the Swedish, and um, the biggest thing that they added to it was guns. I don't know. Is there like, um, like, what's the range of guns like in the game? Is there a lot of different variety? Well, it depends. Well, it's the timeline it's setting. It's set in... um, I don't know what time it is. Just a... You looking up your notes? Yeah, I am. <laughs> it's in the 17th century, so technology then would be a little limited. Okay. So um, you'll get your standard muskets, you'll get your standard, um, those little hand handguns that they had that was bolt action, like a sawn-off musket, cannons. This has a whole new kind of um, strategic... All, all opens up to all kinds of strategic possibilities on the battlefield where you position your cannons what's more effective when what's the time to switch between melee and uh, rifles because you can't you, if you just have, rely on your guns throughout the game it becomes a shoot 'em up and you can't do that especially in 17th century Poland there has yeah. to be yeah as a commander on this battlefield you have to um, take into account when will guns be more effective because you can't use them up in close range. You will have to find a way to gain the upper hand over the guns. Okay, so basically it has guns, but, you know, it, it doesn't let you just... You can't just treat the game like a shoot em up You know, you have to actually, you know, plan your course of action, you know, mm-hmm. still, you know, so... Yeah, that, that's that's pretty good that it does that because a lot of RPGs that add guns, they like to turn it into a shoot 'em up. And really, this is why a lot of people didn't like Fallout, you know, because it had the guns. So, yeah. So certain people, you know, they they were drawn in because of the fact that it used guns, but you know, it's it's not a shooter type of game. Survival you know, you horror. To, yeah. So I, I like that element. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to talk about is expand on the melee combat a little bit. Because mm-hmm. you mentioned how intuitive and everything it is, but I have never played a game with a combat system like this before or since I've played Mountain Blade, and it it really just makes all other combat systems where you just like press A or click to strike. It just makes them seem so boring because mm-hmm. in this game, you know, you have your mouse and you have your left and right mouse button, and if you want to swing, you know, above hand, you move the mouse up holding down the left click so that you have your, you know, your weapon ready, and then you, like, release it to strike. And 
If you want to strike to the left or the right, you do the same thing. You have to aim where you're hitting. And then if you're using just a sword to block, you have to do the same thing and block the correct direction. Or yeah. you some there's another system where you have to wait for them to show where they're striking, then you press right-click. And it's all about timing and strategy and knowing when to strike. And it's all because you have to really try to time it so you're striking whenever they're about to strike, and then you can... You know, hit them while they're weak, and it's yeah, really... That's what I liked about the game, because the, com- the combat is actually kind of challenging. Like, for example, in Oblivion, I mean, it does get kind of easy to strike down an enemy in Oblivion. But in this game, you have to time your attacks and time your blocks perfectly to yeah. you know, gain that advantage. And command your troops at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and all the commanding, yeah. it's Even the archery is more fun than other games, because... You know, you have to hold down the button, and then your reticle gets smaller and smaller. And then you have to make sure you shoot whenever you're ready. And if you wait too long, the reticle gets big again, and you might miss. And, yeah, and even the mounted combat, it actually is fun. Unlike most games where it feels like you're being punished for trying to attack on a horse, you actually, you know, you can gallop by and swing your sword down, chop their face off, and it works really well. It just... Every battle is so fun. Mm. And you can have some pretty epic battles as well, you know, if you have a big enough army and then, you know, the other the other side, they have an army as well. Like, the, the battles get pretty epic in this game. Yeah, they can get very epic. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, um, as far as faults and flaws with the game, would you say there's any, there's many of that? Because, I mean, when I played, I didn't really come across any big faults or anything. And, I mean, aside from the the visuals, I mean, because um, cause James G from the Coalition, he kind of looked at my screenshots of, of Warband and, you know, he was kind of joking about the graphics, like calling it a fake Oblivion or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, well, as far as flaws, though, what do you guys think? Maybe I should say the expansive, the expansive game space. I'd say initially it's too big. Yeah. Maybe a little too big. You don't know where to start. There's so many places to go. It's very intimidating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very un- overwhelming. Yeah, it kind of subtly leads you into it. But when, when you... The game kind of leads you into... Yeah, I think you get the hint that it's going to be big. But you don't know how big. You don't actually get the idea. You don't, can't actually comprehend to what you're going to be into. You don't know where to start. There's so many places to go. There's so many things to do. You may not even be wanting to. You may not have a chance to achieve your goals because there are other things to do. Yeah, there's someone just, else will give you something else to do. There's just like too much to do. Like it's just everywhere you go, there's something like something new, something yeah. new. And of course, uh, not the prettiest game ever made. Some yeah. of the environments look nice, but the character models look like crap. Hmm. <laughs> the faces. Yeah. Um, but, one of the other things that I would say is, I know this isn't the focus of the game, but it's one of the features, and I think it could have some improvement. Just the general quests that you receive from, uh, like kings and you know the farmers and stuff, because you you don't have to do them and they're not necessary, but they're a good way to you know get on the good side of whoever you want to work for if you want to work for somebody. And they can get very tedious and repetitive, like having to guide a cow to a city 
That is so frustrating. Yeah, I hate that. I I really hated that mission. Every time that mission, if it's an option, I'll decline it and let them hate me more and just wait until I get a better mission from them Mm because I refuse to do it. It's very, very frustrating. The first time I tried that, I I lost the sheep. I lost the cattle. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know how I lost it, but it just happened. Every potential emperor has to start somewhere, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good game, you know. I mean, um, as far as the people who make the game, like, tell me a little bit more about them because I'm very impressed with what they achieved, you know, with the game. Hell mm. Like, yeah. how how big is their operation? They're a pretty small development company. They're set in Turkey. Um, they've only done Mammoth the Mountain Blade series. That's, that, that's what they've been known for. That's what they started off with. That's probably what they're going to be starting. That's probably what they're going to be remembered by. Hmm. Um, yeah, they've actually, for such a small development company in Turkey, they've achieved so much. Hmm. They've made this world where you can pretty much do whatever you like. They've made this world where you're the hero. You're influencing everything that's going on in that game space. You, they are looking, the the NPCs, the people in the game, are looking towards you for hope and for achieving their goals. You're looking to them for achieving your goals. Um, You're pretty much living out your ultimate medieval fantasy. Mm. And they've also given a lot of power to modders as well, which is very good to see. Mm. Uh, so much power. Mm. Sometimes even more power. So they improve on the game that's already there. Oh yeah, that's a lot of mods just take what Tail Worlds put in front of them as a shell and just, you know, improve systems. I remember for the first Mountain Blade, it there was a mod that introduced a lot of features that Warband has now, like all the kingdom management and. You know, like being able to become emperor. There was a mod for the first Mountain Blade that did that. Do um do Tower Worlds like ever kind of employ any of these models and stuff? Do you think? Well, they re- they communicate with them all the time. No, mm. a lot. I can't. Well, um, they're one of the few developers that actually uh, listens to the modders and listens to their fans. They always give feedback from their fans and their modders. They're influenced by what modders can do, and they have an entire section, a, spe- a specialist forum for the modders, mm. the Cartographers Guild, where they get yeah. all the ideas from the, from the modders. All the mods are available at the Cartographers Guild, and you see the results in their later games, as you did with with Fire and Sword. I mean, guns were introduced in the earlier mods for the previous two games, mm-hmm. and guns would now guns will now be part of the uh, main game in With Fire and Sword. But the uh, mid-17th century Eastern Europe, I don't know where, they they did that themselves. Mm. I'm not sure if a mod um, influenced them to do that, but I'm not complaining since the gameplay is still the same and it's still fun. I would actually love to get a modder on the show one time, you know, just to pick their brain and, you know, a little bit. So um, if any modders out there just happen to be listening, you know, please email me at Gary, I mean, sorry, G Swaby, that's G S W A B Y, at thecoalition.com. I have yeah, like not, f- four emails, so you know, I sometimes forget which one. Yeah, yeah not ahead. just not just modders of Mountain Blade either, just any, yeah. any RPG, really. Indie developer, anyone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's one of my goals for this podcast. I really 
want to get someone like that on on the show sometime. You know, that would be pretty cool. So, is there anything else to say about Mountain Blade before we move on? No, I think we've pretty much covered that one. Besides that, everyone should play it. Yeah, definitely. Um, you can get the it, game on Steam or you know directly from their website as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, Impulse has it on sale a lot. Game of uh, Gate said it's on Game of Gate too. Yeah. Okay. Miss uh, AKQ here is the only other person I've ever met that knew about it before I talked to them. <laughs> nice. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who are unaware about this game. Like, I, I remember mentioning it on the co-op podcast one time, and they were like, what the hell are you playing? Yeah. <laughs> Why is it not modern warfare? It's in Wars. I hate you. We're all of, Speaking of, there is a Modern Warfare mod for the first Mountain Blade. <laughs> wow. What yep. a coincidence. See, that yep. should get a lot of people to play the game now. <laughs> I don't want to use swords. I want my AK-47s <laughs> to blow away the kings. Well, I, I gotta see a picture of that or something. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. okay, so let's move on to our upcoming segment. So, um, we got a couple games to talk about that are up and coming. Um, so, Dark Souls, fill me in. What, what is this game and when is it coming out? Uh, the release date I'm not too sure about, but um, it's a spiritual successor by the same people that made uh, Demon Souls on the PS3. This oh, one's. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be on 360 also. I think it might even be on PC. Uh, I could be wrong, but I know it's on PS3 and 360. It's a very, very similar gameplay, pretty much same controls, same uh, feel, same graphical style. Uh, graphics are improved, though, of course, and uh, the major difference is that this game's going to be an open-world game now instead of level-based. Because mm-hmm. in the first game, Demon Souls, you had, like, a central hub, and then there were, like, five or six areas that you could go to. And each area was they're pretty large, but you know it was it wasn't an open world game. It was you know different areas you went to. Um, from what I've seen, a lot of the stuff from the first game is going to carry over. There's going to be like writings that other players can leave to give you hints or trick you. There's you know people can invade your game while you're playing and you know attack you. You can invade other people's games. Uh, yeah, it seems like it's. It seems like an improvement to me because I'm I definitely prefer open world if I have a choice and I think it's going to be good for that game. Uh, yeah, you actually played Demon Souls, right? Uh, I think we've spoke about this game before, Dark Souls. But, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, I, you played um, Demon Souls, right? Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I haven't actually finished it yet, uh, but it's on. It's very high on my list. Uh, but it's a very fun game. I liked it a lot. It, it's really fun to invade other players because it's, it's just really cool to know that because you get a message on your screen if someone invades you, so they know you're there, but they just don't know where you are. And they could be in the middle of, you know, getting, you know, chased by a dragon or something on trying to flee, or they could be, you know, cornered by a bunch of monsters or... They could they they have no idea where you are and you're just hunting them and there's that constant fear that they know that you could find them at any time and 
they have a bit of an advantage because if you're invaded, that means that you're in your body form, which means that you have higher, you have more health. Mm-hmm. But um, if in your soul form, which is how you invade people, you have lower health, but I think you have a higher attack power. So it's interesting. And, you know, you, someone can invade you that has, you know, completely decked out gear and you just don't even stand a chance. And then there's also those there's those parts where you could get invaded by someone that doesn't really know what they're doing and you could just destroy them. And it's really rewarding if you fend off someone that's invading. Cause I, I can't remember what the bonus is, but you get some type of huge, like a uh, bonus of experience or souls rather. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a really cool mechanic that the game has. Okay. And that's going to carry over into dark souls. Yes. Also, it should be noted, uh, Demon Souls, you don't have to be online to play. All the, like, messages that people leave or invading, you can just play offline and none of that's there. But you really miss out on a big part of the game. And I'm assuming that's how Dark Souls will be also. Well, I mean, that's pretty good that they're, you know, bringing it out. Molly platform this time as well. So more people will have the chance to try it. Um, I definitely, you know, like what, what, um, the developer is doing here because like they're Japanese developers, right? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's published by Atlas, I believe, and it's made by From Software, I think. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, it's good to see you know Japanese developers doing something you know this great with with RPG franchise because you know lately JRPGs haven't been you know as predominant as Western RPGs, so. It's good to see. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was actually correction. Dark Souls is going to be published by Namco, hmm. not uh, not. What did I say? Atlas. Yeah, not Atlas. It's Namco. Okay. Uh, yeah, and right. also speaking of JRPGs, we talked about Dragon's Dogma last episode. I'm excited about that one. That hmm. looks more like a Western RPG than it does a Japanese one. Yeah, it does. Looks like Capcom's trying to get in on the open world craze. Yeah, I think uh, more Japanese developers are starting to, you know, see the light a little bit. And well, they... I don't know about seeing the light. They've made some fantastic stuff. Look at Chrono Trigger. Look at Star Ocean. Maybe oh, they... yeah, but recently. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about, like, recently, because, you know, Western developers have just been running wild with this genre, so. Yeah, they haven't really got anything that compares to The Witcher. Hmm. Or Diablo, or Dragon Age, or Risen, or Dragon Sang, or yeah. Well, no, I, I definitely hope that they can, you know, come make a comeback and just show us some new stuff, you know, and advance the genre even more because yeah, they they kind of set the traditional foundation of what an RPG game is, so. You know, I definitely would like to see their influence in, in you know, today's RPG. What influenced them? Yeah. More like... Yeah, exactly. All right, so... And, uh... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Dark Souls is going to be releasing in Japan on September 15th and uh, North America October 4th and PAL October 7th. Nice. Okay. So you had some uh, more free-to-play MMO upcoming releases to discuss? 
Uh, yeah, I just wanted to go back to the ones I was talking about before. Okay. Um, EverQuest 2 Extended. It's uh, a free-to-play version of the first uh, of the original EverQuest 2. It's uh, it's really good. It has there's not a whole lot of limits on the free version. You just you know there's like 20 classes in that game I think, and you only have access to like six or seven in the free version. But you have all your basic archetypes covered. You just don't have as much depth to choose from. There's some limits for like how much inventory space, how much uh, currency you can have. Um, I think there might be a, a level limit. There's some of the stuff you have access to in the game is a little limited, of course, just as how all free to play MMOs are. But uh, as far as like quality, uh, EverQuest 2 is definitely near the very top for free MMOs, in my opinion. The graphics are great. They're very, very flexible. Pretty much, you know, if you have it on the lowest settings, it can run on almost any, you know, computer that's been that's came out in the past few years. Because that game's pretty old, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, you can crank it up all the way, and it looks really great. The sounds great, music's fantastic. The you know, sound effects, all the uh, animations are great. It's it's a really good game. Yeah, it's you very know. Yeah, go ahead. It's a very traditional RPG, though, like or a very traditional MMO. The combat's, you know, I hate using this term, but it's like WoW, you know, because that's what people understand. It's <laughs> you, you click on stuff, you hit your buttons to attack. It's very, you know, slow paced for what people might be expecting. But as far as traditional MMOs go in the fantasy setting, it's probably my favorite. Yeah, um, you've been going on about this game a lot recently, and I definitely want to try it out because, you know, I hate to admit this, but I, I, I really do like WoW, like, you know, because I played the free trial and stuff. I, I will not pay a subscription to play it, though, but I like WoW. I like, you know, what it's done, what it's accomplished. But, you know, in 2011, I think they're kind of going downhill a little bit now, and it's kind of becoming a bit too dated. So I think now is definitely the time to try out new MMOs. And it's great that a lot of them are going free-to-play now. And I think eventually WoW will have to follow suit. Yeah, that's what I expect. Um, One thing that I'm very excited about, and I know AKQ is excited as well, Guild Wars 2. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. That Because, you know, that's buy-to-play. You don't have to pay a subscription. You just buy the game, but then you own it forever. I've always wanted to try that game as well. It's very generous for giving it away for basically giving it away for free, and what they offer you is so comprehensive. Because Did you play the first Guild Wars? Yeah, with its expansion packs. Uh, I, I wasn't it. a huge fan. Yeah, it kind of elapsed. It was a, it was at a time when it was released with World of Warcraft, so it was kind of elapsed by World of Warcraft. But now. I think Guild Wars 2 looks like there'll be a potential com- contender to the crown of MMORP- of the king of MMORPGs. I mean, one thing I hear about um, Guild Wars is that it, it wasn't actually like a traditional MMO. Like, there was just one area where you would interact with people and then you would go and do the quests, you know, maybe yeah, with your friends yeah. or something. Yeah. Is that the everything case? Was, everything outside of the town was instanced. Okay. So basically it's like one area that's really open. 
Yeah, that's how uh, Guild Wars 1 was. You had your your hubs that were the towns where you see other people. Mm-hmm. And then every, after whenever you left a town, it went into another zone. It was all uh, instance. So you would be with your group, or if you weren't with a group, you could bring along NPC henchmen. But if you weren't with anybody else, then you wouldn't see anybody else. But Guild Wars 2, is that is it going to be more, you know, fully open kind of thing? Yeah, much okay. more open. That's good. Anything else? What I've seen from the screenshots, everything is bigger than you. I mean, you can actually... you It's not through the avatar. You can actually feel that this is an expansive, massive world. Everything's in... Everything's intimidating in size, from the structures to the landscapes. And you know that big is better when it comes to MMORPGs. And you know that you're in for one hell of a treat in this expansive world where everything's intimidating in size. When is this game actually coming out? When it's done. <laughs> when it's it, out? Uh, it'll be done when it's done, they say. Oh, okay. You two have kind of sold me on it, so... But was there any other MMOs you wanted to discuss, David? Uh, no, not really. Uh, that pretty much covers it. Like I said, all the ones that I've mentioned, I've sort of played a little bit over the past two weeks. So I've been playing a lot of them. And uh, overall, my the one that I've had the most fun with is probably Fallen Earth. I'm, re- I'm really enjoying that game. All right, cool. So we definitely urge all listeners to check out these games, and you can hit us up as well if you want to play with us sometime. We can arrange something. So yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna get out of here now. It's been a very very good podcast, very informative. Um, I learned a lot, and if I learn a lot from doing this podcast, you know, then it's all worth it for me because, you know, I I never claim to know everything, but you know, I like to learn doing this whole podcasting process and that's what I love about doing turn-based because you guys you you guys definitely know your stuff so you know I love to learn from you guys so thank you alright so we'll be back in two weeks for turn-based episode four Um, in the future you know we will be mixing things up a little bit talking about some retro stuff yeah we definitely have some ideas planned for future episodes so definitely keep checking us out thanks for listening Leave your feedback, and we'll see you next time. Peace. See ya.